Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Thanks, musicians. Deuteronomy 28, 1. I wrote this this afternoon. You're not going to have an easy night when you're getting hallelujah just on the text. I wrote this this, this afternoon. If I could, uh, it's nice being with our church family. It's nice having everybody else watching too. But I want to put this in the spirits of the people that, that have this as their church home. Because this is, pra- this is not to get everybody jumping and shouting, which is never my intention anyway. I'm telling you what I know from the Bible that changed my life. And I broke it down as simply as I could. How to walk in the continuous flow of miracles in 2024. Maybe your life has been a continuous flow of problem from the time you're a kid. Then some people, it's, there's no continuous flow of anything. It's start, stop. Some miracles, some setbacks, some trouble. You know, you don't have a long time on the earth even if you live a long time. 88 years will blow by like this. Talk to any 88-year-old. They feel like yesterday they were 40, and life goes by. So you don't have time. It's like for, the, for this church, let alone how, how quick you can see the signs of Jesus returning. There's no time to have a six-year setback at this church where something happens, and we go from uh, exactly 799 people back down to... 280 and build up to 500 and then the youth pastor does something crazy and embezzles money and we we lose another 100 people. You can't have that. If we're going to be out of here soon, and as you can see, with a cursory knowledge of Bible prophecy in the Middle East, we are. Then whatever's gone wrong, and I think this is another thing that keeps people back from these type of messages or being able to receive them, is, well, I believe that, but I've messed up too bad. If there's anything you can see in the Bible... It's that as soon as you'll get on board with God, not only will he not hold your past against you, the Bible says he'll restore to you what the locust and the canker worm ate. That's talking about lost years. God can restore lost health. God can restore lost years. How? Well, if if God, if you lost time, I'll tell you who he did it with, Job. Job was sick for 18 months with boils. He lost everything he owned. Then after 18 months, the Bible says, Job 42.10. Then Job prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave him back what? Nice to be with you at First Episcopal of Pittsburgh tonight. The Lord gave him back what? Double. You're odd people. You were starving in the beginning of January, and it was six degrees, and you were noisy, and now we have inclement, we have nice weather, and you've, you've eaten, and you've gone quiet on me. God gave him back what? Double. And he lived 140 years after that. So God will actually... If you lost time to drugs or problems, the Bible says that the thief has to give back seven times what he took. God will make the devil pay you back. If you get on track with what I'm going to preach you, you're going to see the best year you've ever had in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, give the Lord a great hand clap. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. This is what the Bible says. Deuteronomy 28, 1. If you fully obey the Lord your God, and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today. Now that's the prerequisite. You can't blow past that one. If you fully obey, if you will hearken to do it, says in the King James, that means to listen and do what it says. 
So I, I read that because you can't skip that, but this is why this is a good Wednesday night message. I'm not speaking to the people that just wandered in or, you know, probably there's a higher level of commitment here than there would be on a Sunday morning. You're people that have made up your mind to do that. Most of you just finished 21 days of fasting and prayer. So obedience, what are you going to see here in the next 13 verses? That if you obey God, it leads to decrease and trouble? Or is it going to be that if you do what God tells you to do and obey his word, that it leads to a not a miracle, a flow of miracles that affects every area of life? If you fully obey the Lord your God, and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. The Lord will set you high above the nations of the world. That means, okay, you want me to preach it like a toned-down version for American Christians, or you want me to tell you what I really believe? And what I really believe is what the Bible says word for word. I don't, I don't, now... That, that's not like poetic language. I will set you on high above all the nations of the world. What did it come out that the FAA is doing right now? They're hiring pilots based on filling uh, gender quotas, race quotas, not qualified. Nobody, I saw a meme, nobody lays in their uh, hospital bed before surgery and says, I want to make sure I have a diverse surgery team. You want the best doctor. You want the best. You can't have, you want to hire the best. If they're all black, let them be all black. If they're all Puerto Rican, let it all be Puerto Rican. But to start doing that, they said there's going to be problems because they're dropping requirements. Well, you can do that for the fry cook at Burger King. But if you do it from the guy that runs the air traffic control and he's not actually qualified to do that, there's that's why you're starting to have plain doors rip off. Now, I bring that up because am I going to be affected by that? Why not? Because I've been set on high above the level the nation operates on. I'm not assigned a pilot. I choose my pilot. I'm not assigned a plane. In fact, one of the reasons our main pilot quit his former Hollywood guy that he flew around was that guy wanted him to overlook maintenance issues. No, that's no big deal. That, that, that actually doesn't have to be fixed for another six months. And he would tell him, I know it doesn't have to be fixed for another six months, but my response, my first responsibility is I want to get there. I have a wife and kids, so I'm fixing it. And if you won't fix it, I'm not flying the plane. So I'm all the problems that are going on in the world, God has a plan to set you on high above all those problems. Can you say amen? God will give you strategies for your business, how not to duck to the level of those problems, but to raise above it. That's a miracle flow. The Lord will set you on high above all the nations of the world. You will experience, now all these blessings we're going to read, how many does it say you'll experience? Does it say you'll believe in them or does it say you'll experience them? Yeah, so get all that Pentecostal. I might not have any money in the bank, but I'm blessed anyway. No, you'll, you'll not just believe and speak. You'll experience all these blessings. So why don't you say it from your spirit? Say, thank you, Father. I will experience all these blessings as I obey you. You know, and I'm sure there's some Pentecostal person watching me online. Yes, if you obey. Yes, if they obey God. But now that that's out of the way, there are actually people that obey God. I'm looking at a bunch of them right now. Verse 3. What will happen? Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Everybody say our towns and fields will be blessed. Okay. We have, what's the restaurant right, right, not across the street, but that borders us? 
Permanis. Or Permanis, sorry. I'm from here. I should know, know how to pronounce it. What did we have the manager do after we were here for two and a half months? Send over a big gift basket and gift cards. Thank you. My restaurant's been packed ever since you came here. Yeah, because there's, you attract, you attract people, and it's not people coming to murder or sell fentanyl. You attract good people here. We had 12 people when the church started on staff. There's 51 full, uh, uh, full-time now. So that's people that have moved here and bought homes. The Bible, look at a map of the Middle East. There's one little country that has one of the top GDPs surrounded by economic wasteland, Israel. This Bible and this blessing doesn't just bring blessing to the people. What is a town or a city? It's just a collection of people. So if you have fathers that stay in the home, there's no money having to be spent to track down fathers, to hire extra judges and raise taxes because guys are lining up to try to get out a $20 a month child support payment. This has a practical effect on a town and a city. You take a Christian neighborhood. My, my, my neighbor Tom and his wife are here, and they were my neighbors before I was a pastor. You know, we don't, we don't have problems. We're not calling the police on each other. And you, you mowed part of my grass, so I threw a brick through your truck. There's none of that. We're Christians. So, so there's, there, you know, when they had a revival in Rochester, New York, under Charles Finney, they disbanded the police department for two and a half years because there were no calls of any type, even domestic. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Number four, your children and your crops will be blessed. Well, you saw two kids there get blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. God has met us here in Pittsburgh. Then we set up shop in Fort Worth. The things flow in there. Then you go to Phoenix. Amazing. Reno. Never been in my life. Amazing. Los Angeles. And San Diego, you know, California is very dry spiritually. Not, not when I'm there. Because wherever I go and whatever I do, God said he'd bless me. Wherever you go, this is trying to snap you out. You don't have to wet your finger and see whether the wind's blowing north or south. When you show up, things change when you're there. You change the climate. Yeah, but what about enemies? I mean, you know, the devil attacks. Yes, there's a verse that deals with that. The Lord will conquer. Your enemies, not help you to endure the attack of your enemy. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They'll attack you from one direction, but they'll run from you in seven directions. That's a conquering. The Lord will guarantee. I mean, sometimes it does. No, the Lord. Who's backing it? Who gave the guarantee? Yeah, not State Farm. The Lord. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on how much that you do. Everything you do. And will fill your storehouses with grain. What does fill your storehouses with grain mean? It means before any need arises, the provision is there ahead of time. Everything in this ministry is done ahead of time. There's no, oh, I can't believe this happened. We're anticipating and the money's there. Because the Bible doesn't say you'll pray meals on the table. The Bible doesn't say late in the midnight hour God will come through. Abraham was not praying meals on the table. He had 318 trained men and he had storehouses filled with grain. Say my storehouses will be filled with grain. 
Now, either this is real or we should throw them all away and, and do something else. And it is real. And so some of you, this year is going to be the first year that you have more money than month instead of more month than money. You're going to have leftover. You're going to say, I'm telling you this. I'm not saying this to get people like stirred up or anything. I'm telling you factually what happened to my wife and I is going to happen to you because it happened by this blessing. What is it? That you're going to look, and if you ever did have $1,400 in the bank, you knew some big bill or several big bills hadn't been paid yet. And then you're going to have happen. I remember when it happened to us for the first time. See, $1,200, $1,400 in the bank go, did you pay the rent yet? When's, when's the rent coming out? No, I already paid it. Well, did you pay the car payment? Yeah, paid that too. Okay, why do we have extra money? Are you selling drugs on the side? What happened? And, it, and then you, it just starts happening. It's not like an angel comes one time and a light blows out. These things, you get in a flow of miracles where instead of things flowing against you or just when you're starting to get ahead, the radiator blows out or the alternator blows out or you need new brakes or there's a paperwork error and you're, and you're spending six months trying to get money that you already should have in your account. Instead of one thing going wrong after another, which that's what most people know. I mean, we live in Pittsburgh. If you ask people how they're doing, they don't say good or bad. They say same S-H-I-T. That's what people say here. When you, okay, sorry that it's your first day here. I'm telling you what people say. I'm not being crude. That's how people say, you know, it, it's always the same. Life doesn't always have to be the same. You know what you find in this book? You find that people always had their life the same. There was a man that was crippled in his feet for 38 years and had never walked. And when Jesus saw him, he ministered to him, and he stood up, picked up his mat, and walked. Jesus reverses the flow. Instead of things going against you, things begin to go for you. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on how much that you do. Everything you do. And will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord will bless you in the land that he's giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you're a people claimed by God and they'll stand in awe of you. Anybody have King James or New King James? It doesn't say all the people of the earth. What does it say? Oh, there's King James. All the people of the earth. Where does it say heathen? The heathen will see it and know that you're a people claimed by God and standing of you. Must be, must be another translation that's not up there. Heathen, the people of the earth. He's telling the Jewish people that people that aren't in your thing will have an undeniable, after they see you get lucky once, then get lucky twice, then get lucky continually in their words. They'll say, wait a minute. I had a guy do that when I was 19, working at that call center in, in Providence, Rhode Island. We were making the same money, basically the same commission. He's asking people for money to take the bus home, and he sees me buying coffee for him and everybody else. I never thought of it. I wasn't doing it to rub it in his face, wearing a cross pin. I just would go to Dunkin' Donuts and get four coffees instead of one and bring them back. And he, he's bumming money for lunch. So finally, one day, he just said, how come you have extra money? How come I never see you sad? You know, and I never thought of it. But I know the answer. His name was Jason. I witnessed him. How about the other thing that happened with me and him? One day, Jason, my, my cubicle mate, gets called into federal court and he, for not paying his child support. Well, number one, I had a, another blessing than him. I had no children to support. 
because I wasn't married yet. Neither was he, but he went a different track. I, okay, it's get, getting tight in here. I know what you people have been doing when I, while I was gone. Sin costs money. I'm, not gonna to condu- I'm telling you, if you do what the Bible tells you to do, all these websites are starting to track my outfits and my watches and my planes. Three different websites now. One tracks what I wear. One tracks my flight plan every day. It's called pasture planes. They put my flight path on to show everybody I have a plane. And then the other one tracks my watch. It's called prophets and watches. I'm not even a prophet. I'm a pastor. It says right on the website. And so they're, they're, they're putting that up there. Because they're seeing it. There must be something illegal. How's everything working out like that for you? No. It's the blessing of Almighty God. There's no illegality. Well, those people should start paying taxes. I do pay taxes. None of this stuff was bought with ministry money. That plane wasn't bought at all. It was dropped off. The plane has to go in for maintenance. Check this out. The plane has to go in for maintenance the middle of February for three weeks. Do you know what the guy who dropped it off for me said? You think you just say, well, tough luck. Um, your plane has to go in for maintenance. He's paying for it. I found you another Falcon 50 to use while that one's in maintenance for free. That's the blessing of God. I'm going to tell you, I never got lucky. I, do, I made a simple decision. I never got lucky. I made a simple decision. Rather than badmouth the blessing or not talk about the blessing, I'm going to read it, believe it, and say, God, I don't care that my wife and I are in an 800-square-foot apartment with cockroaches. This is not where we're staying. We're going higher in the name of Jesus Christ. And I came to tell everybody in this church, you're not staying where you're at. You're going higher into the flow of miracles in Jesus' mighty name. So, you know, but, but anyway, the reason I brought up the, 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 the clothes and all that Hey, you, you don't want to like sound like a jerk, and I don't, I don't even answer those websites. But uh, I do f- sometimes feel like saying, do you gamble at all? Do you, have you, do you buy alcohol, or did you used to buy alcohol a lot? Do you smoke? Do you ever buy weed? I, all that money you spent on that, I have it. Even if you take out the supernatural element of prosperity, Just not having sin and addiction bleed your money dry causes you to keep the money. Then God gives you other things to do with the money that multiplies it. Take take all supernatural blessing out of it. If people had all their marijuana money back, forget marijuana. What about antidepressant money back? If you had all that back, hospital money, hospital parking money, DUI attorney money. That's 10 grand right there. If you had all that back and not only had it back, but just bought stocks, forget blessing. Just did something else with it and you didn't even do that great trading stocks. You made like 5% a year for 20 years, 6%. Sometimes 11, sometimes three, averaged out at five. Then you have all that money that a sinner lost with interest. That's how Jewish people live. That sounds racist. Okay, want me to put the Pew Research Group demographic up? It's not, a, it's not, it's not rocket science. The, the groups with the highest amount of fathers in the home have the least people in prison and the least people uh, in poverty. Number one, South Korean. Number two, Jewish. Number three, Indian. Even if they don't try, if they get the principle right, keep the father and mother in the home, instead of getting on a, 
A single welfare get paid for having children. I'm praying, and I heard one of the presidential candidates announce it. Remember I said? I'm praying that they do here what they did in Hungary and Poland, that they flip it. And instead of paying for having children out of wedlock, they start giving a credit for people that get married and have children in wedlock. That'll flip the whole thing. You can't give a financial reward for sin and a financial penalty for righteousness. But I see things turning around in this nation in in Jesus' mighty name. Easy to see. Then all the nations of the world. So my, my friend Jason that, that sat next to me, he gets a letter. Um, he has to go to federal court for failed child support. And he says, because I'm with him when he opens the letter, why do I have to go to federal court for failed child support? My child support's auto-deducted from my paycheck. Well, our boss, not our boss, the owner of the company, Steve, I won't say his last name because I don't know it, or I would say it. (laughs) Steve took the money that was auto-deducted from his check and kept it to help the company profit. Steve, we found out, had been to federal prison before for doing that in his last business. Now, check this. For me, he not only never stole money out of my check, When I got an invitation to preach Sunday through Friday in New Brunswick, I went to resign. You weren't allowed any days off. It was an hourly pay. There's no shortage of people that are going to come telemarket for 20 bucks an hour back in 1999 plus commission. If you don't show up, you're out of a job. So fine. I figured this is my transition. God's starting to open doors. I'm out of here. So I went up to say thank you. Uh, Jeff and Steve, Jeff ran the floor. Steve was the owner. I told you before how I ended up leading them both to the Lord. So I said, Steve... I want to thank you for all you've done. I have an invitation. You know I'm studying for the ministry to preach and be an evangelist. I just had my first answer to prayer. There's a pastor that's having me in Sunday to Friday to preach at a church in Canada. Obviously, you don't get a day off, let alone a week off. So I don't expect you to have a a seat vacant for all that time. Thank you very much. No, 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 no. Don't don't quit. We like having you here. Just, Just go preach. And they said, this is probably, it's funny how... God will use sinners to encourage you when Christians discourage you. You know what that, that sinner, and I'm not calling him a sinner to be mean. I'm saying it because he, he's a thief. <laughs> you know, a convicted thief. An unrepentant thief. So he says to me, this is probably going to keep happening. Well, it wasn't. That was the only meeting I had scheduled. But now you got a sinner where instead of where Christians, well, you gotta, I know you got one meeting. This is probably going to keep happening. So just do this. You don't even have to call in. Just show up when you don't have meetings, and we'll keep, we'll keep your place for you. I said, all right, I'd be happy. To. They said, we like having you around. You make us laugh. What do we talk about in church? Everybody say joy. joy. Say the joy of the Lord, the of the Lord. Is, my is my strength and is a strength to other people. So I went and preached. I came back from, from Canada. I started work again on Monday, and uh, I go to pick up in my cubicle, there's a paycheck for the last week that I wasn't there. And I grabbed it, and there's another letter that's a commission check. So I walked up with the two letters to the owner. I said, hey, you must have made a mistake. They sent me a paycheck as if I had worked 30-some hours that week, which is when I worked in Bible college. I worked 2 to 10. What was that, 8 hours, 6 hours a day? No, I'd work about 48 hours. So I said, they gave me 48 hours worth of pay plus a commission check. I said, so I wanted to pass it back to you. He said, no, that's not a mistake. He said, we wanted to bless you. What thief <laughs> wants to bless anybody? 
You know, now that you look at it, I know where the child support money was going. I was going, I was supporting this child. I was, I was only 19. We want to bless you. And he said, uh, so we paid you for the hours. Then second, he said, I didn't know what that church was going to give you. Who do you care? The church doesn't even care. He said, I didn't know what that church was going to give you. So we found out what our top sales guy, his name was Matt. We found out what he made in commission, and we gave you a check for the same amount. I made what the top commission salesman made, hourly and commission, without ever stepping foot in the office. From a man, wait, from a man that stole money from other people. What causes someone who steals to give? What causes a raven that takes food to bring bread and meat twice a day to Elijah. When God blesses you, it'll actually reverse the natural course of what goes on in this world to flow in your favor. That's why you shouldn't be nervous. Recession, depression, war, it doesn't matter. What happens to other people is not going to be your story. Whatever you do, the Lord is going to bless you, and wherever you go, you are blessed in Jesus' name. If you believe it, can you shout, I receive it? I receive it. And I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm telling stories because people think this is bull crap. Somebody just gets dressed up and says this to you so you feel good on the way home. I'm telling you, it's been my life. There is no way, like Patrick, is Patrick here? How do you even put together a budget? How? I'm asking, I really would want to know. Because he gets it, and it must be supernatural because he gets it within $30,000, $70,000 on like a, a, a $20 million budget. With me just willy-nilly, hey, why don't we start in the second church? Hey, why don't we get a plane? And somehow he has it all charted out ahead of time. It must be by the Spirit. So there's no, but what I'm saying is, if, if someone were to sit Patrick, who, who's not like me, he has a business mind, He's a, he's a chartered accountant. If you sat him down, somebody that deals with facts, and says, how, do you, how does money come into this ministry? How can you be sure? I mean, I know you had $23 million come in last year. How can you be sure any's going to come in this next year? There's no way to put a finger on it other than what I'm putting the finger on. If you'll do what I tell you to do, wherever your foot will tread, you'll be on land that I've given to you, and everywhere you go, it would say everywhere I go, you will be blessed. I'll tell you something that happened last year in October. I spoke at a conference. I generally don't speak at conferences. I'm going to start specifically not speaking at conferences in about another month. I don't enjoy them. So there's many speakers. They, most conferences, they don't receive offerings for you. And, you know, it's not my thing. So, anyway, they said, how much money do you want? I don't, I don't like that kind of talk. I'm an old school preacher. Nobody ever asked any preachers that. That's not in the Bible. In fact, Jesus said the opposite. Freely you've received, freely give. So, you know, well, I'll come for $10,000. I don't do that. So I told them, instead of me uh, receiving money, why don't you give me one hour of your time to tell, you, to tell me how you grew the church as big as you grew it. Okay, sounds good. I went there with an agreement to not receive any money. We budgeted zero dollars. I told Patrick. So I, I, didn't, I didn't hint around it. Obviously, I'm not going to stay from the platform just so you know I'm here. I didn't do any of that. I didn't drop any hints. In fact, I acted super cocky like I am tonight. Like, like you don't need anything. And then 
I go, I said, I'm going to pray for everybody that wants prayer. And they line everybody up around the whole church. And I'm praying. I'm not going by, well, I hope I have, I wish it would be nice to have money for food. Before I pray for you, if I seem a little weak, I'm just doing well financially, haven't eaten. None of that. In Jesus' name, be blessed. In Jesus' name, be healed. And then I go to lay hands on this one lady, and she holds her hand up like to stop me. And she hands me a check. I said, all right, thank you. I put it in my suit, coat pocket, prayed for her, forgot about it. Then I get in the car with uh, Pastor Abraham, and I'm, I'm looking for my keys or something, and I feel that check. I totally forgot about it, so I take it out. I still don't look at it. You know, it's just one lady. So I, you know, we have a huge budget. It's not that people's giving doesn't matter, but I'm not like, you know, when you need $1.2 million a month to break even, it just, it, nothing matters. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's a million dollars, I'm set for three weeks. So it's just, I don't care anymore. I just want people to give what the Lord tells them to give. So I take it, I, I keep looking for my stuff, then I un, unfold it. It's a check for $45,000. No, no speaker asked for that much money or they'd have told him, sorry, we can't do it. People probably asked for 5000 or 8000 or 10000 Maybe somebody thinks they have a super great ministry, might ask for $20,000. I asked for zero, and I guarantee you, I left with more money than anybody. Because you actually can get in a flow. How come that guy decided to give me a jet? I thought it was like the 11th one. He said, we have a corporation, and it's a dream from our corporation to supply jets to ministers so that they can preach and not get hung up in airports. So when he gave it to me, I figured I'm probably the 13th one. He's, you know, he's in his 50s. He has a big corporation. He said, I know you've been thankful for this, but I want you to know that we're thankful. Because you're the fulfillment of our dream. You're the first preacher that we've given a jet to. Well, why did you give one to me? I'm not the most famous. I'm not in the top 100 for most famous. Maybe not the top 500 or 1,000. There is a flow. Why does a king gaze at the sky and say, let's bring gold? I believe there's a child where this star is. There is a different flow where the man that steals child support money from one feels a concern for you and blesses you. Like Jesse Duplantis will empty the cash register of the gas station and say, keep preaching. You're in a different flow. You're not like everybody else. You're not going to live like everybody else. As you've separated yourself out to live according to God's word, it separates you out from the curse and separates you in to the blessing. I see you walking in that blessing like never before. In Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, can you say aloud, amen? amen. The, the heathen will see that you're a people claimed by God and they'll stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity. We don't believe in prosperity. It's, it's right there. You can't take that out. It's right there. The Lord will give you prosperity in heaven. No, in the land. Somebody say prosperity in the land. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his tre rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. Somebody say, bless all the work I do. Bless all the work. Yeah, young man was in uh, uh, Texas. He had applied for Bible college this year. I said, hey, I saw you applied for Bible college. How come you didn't come? I didn't have the $2,000. I said, are you coming this September? No, he said, I'm coming this September, though. I said, 
How come, how, let me, let me, he said, I'm just believing for the 2000. I said, you don't get $2,000 by believing for it. You're 18. It's January. School starts in August. Here's a novel concept. I will bless all the work. Money's not magic. It's a reward for services rendered. Well, he said, well, that's the problem. He said, I, I got another job. I was working for a Christian and he wasn't paying anything. He's not a Christian. He's somebody that uses Christianity as an excuse to not pay his employees. Because if he's a Christian, the Bible says a labor is worthy of his. Yeah. You know what I, I was telling? Uh, I can't remember who I was telling on the way home from I don't, can't remember where. That one of the things that I'm happy about at this church is when people's parents come to check up on their kids that we hired. I'm talking about their adult children. They don't go, hey, freaking prosperity preacher. Driving around a Cadillac while my, while my kid has uh, somebody pulling him in a rickshaw every day. Wearing the same clothes. No. People see that their kids are doing well. Their kids have nice cars. Look at our staff parking lot. I don't ask anybody. If somebody wants to volunteer and be a part of, to serve the house of the Lord, they're welcome to. You heard the announcement I made before fasting and prayer. No one's required to come 21 days. No one's required to come any days. But if you have people coming and working 40 hours a week or more and asking them to do that as their thing, they're paid. When we hit 50 employees, you have to get insurance. We didn't start finding a way, well, what if we start 1099 and everybody's it? No, we paid for everybody's insurance, good insurance, because uh, someone should be paid for the work that they do. Now, I shouldn't have to cover this, and I probably don't have to cover it here, but online, many Christians that think, you know, the devil's attacking their money, you don't work, and you don't work a job that pays money. Watching the kids isn't Yes, it is work. It's not payable work. You have to do something. I wasn't sitting in my dorm room believing for money. I went and, and helped sell timeshares and mortgages, and I didn't even know what a mortgage was. I didn't. I'd heard adults talk about it. I had no clue what it was. I asked the, uh, Jeff. I said, hey, before I, I know you want me to start selling mortgages, can you, tell, can you explain what one is? I'm 18. I've heard my mom talk about it, but I don't know what it is. He said, you'll do it better if you don't know what it is. All right, so just read the script. So I did. I worked. I wasn't called to that industry. But the Bible says a man that doesn't work shouldn't. Is that in the Old Testament or New Testament? No. Then it says in 2 Thessalonians, Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, what's this I hear about some of you that refuse to work, live idle lives, and meddle in other people's business? You didn't know there was a verse in the Bible about your aunt, did you? I know how you go to that church. I know. You have a lot of time to not know about things because you're not working. Now get in your faded Jerome Bettis jersey and go get a job. What's this I hear about people that aren't refused to work and meddle in other people's lives? He said, let me tell you, as I told you before, get to work. That's a Bible scripture. That's not because that's not of capitalism. The Bible commands that Abraham ranch cattle. Isaac did the same. Plus other livestock. They were workers. Gideon was threshing wheat when the angel came to him. Find something this year that produces money. Now let me tell you a good example since I tell so many bad ones. My friend here, Jason Momoa from Aquaman. He's a good actor, talented actor. And then decided... Him and his wife felt called to move up here. So 
I figured he'd be like a normal Christian. So very sheepishly, I said, hey, do you want me to help you get a job now that you've moved here? Because most Christians would just move. I'll let you fill in the blank. You know Christians. They'd move here, and I'd say, hey, how are you doing financially? And they'd say, I'm living by which makes my blood pressure go up because faith is acting on the word of God and the word of God tells you to work, not wait. What do you do after you've tithed? What do you do after you've tithed and given offering and you're waiting for your harvest? Go wait somewhere else. You don't wait for a harvest. Even with Peter, when Peter let Jesus use his boat, what was the blessing he got? Get in your boat. Launch back out to the deep, let down your nets, and you'll catch some fish. God added his blessing to the thing that Peter did. Can you say amen? So um, unlike the other bozos that you run into here and there in life, I said to my friend, I said, uh, I'm about to call him Jason. I can't even think, Lucas. I, 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 I said, you want me to help you get a job? He said, when I came up here in July... I already talked to uh, Brock because he did roofing in Texas. And he said, I already have it lined up. I start this week. He li- I mean, imagine that, a Christian. It actually gave me hope. I was this close to just climbing to the third floor and flinging myself into the parking lot like Joker at the end of Batman 1 and be laying on the ground laughing because I thought, people don't get it. But he, he did it. And then he's doing well. I don't see, I see them smiling. See, as much as people love to bash money and stuff, There's a difference between being married with minus $180 in the bank and all your credit cards maxed out and married with an abundance of money and no debt. There's a stress that's relief. There's a pressure that's released that's not there anymore. You're going to walk in that pressure-free grace in the name of Jesus Christ. I said you're going to walk in that pressure-free grace. I'll tell you another guy I met that works. This guy came up to me. And he said, hey, I drove here to come to your church. And he said, I'm living in my car right now because I don't have a place to live. And I thought, all right. You know, it's not. It's one thing if you're like 11 or 14, you're orphaned in war. You're, we're, in, we're having this conversation in Sierra Leone. I'm serious. I'm, I mean, I'm going to Liberia in March. I'm going back. With, it's different. I'm not going to be hard. Here? What are you doing? There's signs. There's signs in, in and out. What does in and out hamburgers out in California start people at now? Uh, uh, an hour. No, no, they upped it. 18 minimum. It might be 2150, I think, is starting pay. Yeah, at a, at, at a, at, to, to work. Why? Yeah, but I know, but I feel called. To, yeah, while you're waiting for your calling, go make some cheeseburgers. Just the smell would be worth waking up for. Get to smell that all day. So I was ready to go, oh, man. And you know what he said? He said, I came here straight from work. I said, what do you mean? You're living in your car, but you have a job? He said, yep, I got a job at Domino's Pizza. I don't know what he told him for the address. Parking spot eight, sheets. <laughs> and he was in a suit. I said, where? So like to question him. I said, so, you know, because I don't, I don't believe people. I've watched Forensic Files a lot, as you know. I just, I don't trust people. So I said, okay, so tell me, where, where did you get like cleaned up and everything? Because he wasn't dirty. He was wearing a suit. He said, I go, to, I go to the bathroom at a Sheets or, or, or a, a trucker place. And he said, I'll use the shower there, sign up for the, for the free shower and use it. And he said, I'll have enough money saved up for my first apartment in two weeks. He said, I already have it all done. 
and uh, they'll accept me. I told them to give me two weeks to get the money for the down payment, and it's all good to go. I said, no, you're not going to have to wait two weeks. And I swung them over to Augustine, and Augustine, Pastor Augustine got him an efficiency apartment until he got the one that he wanted. He comes, he's there every Sunday looking better and better. I respect that. You know why? Because God respects it. A man that doesn't work shouldn't eat. But as you get something to do that produces income, remember, it produces income. That's my, the problem my friend was having. I'm sorry to take long. If this is a review, and you know this already, forgive me, you would be alarmed. True, Pastor Jay? At the number, not people 23, 41, 53, I don't know, I don't have any money. Where do you work? I don't. Well, let me get some red thread and a cork board. If you're not doing anything that produces, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to make this lady laugh too hard and get her to hurt herself. <laughs> I feel like you're going to get a recording of this message and play it on a boombox for people that you want to hear it. Well, enough of the negative. Say, I do work. And God said, he'll bless the work of my hands. So let's focus on the positive now. Just like we have invitation, God is blessing. You know what you see with me? You see God blessing the work of my hands. What did I feel during fasting and prayer? Let's just rent a couple auditoriums, no churches. Let's go to some auditoriums out on the West Coast and just see what happens. Well, what were they? Abysmal failures? Six people came, two people came? No. At Los Angeles, well, you know, LA is different. Yeah, it was different. 283 night one. Saturday morning, prime cartoon watching time, 2.63. And then at night on Saturday night, 377 people, 18 pastors, 14 pastors signed up to do a multi-church crusade. And we're going to go back in April and blow it out. That was on 10 days notice. Who brought those people? I'll bless the work of your hands. That same blessing is going to come upon the thing God calls you to do. You won't lack clients. You won't lack open doors. You won't lack hairs to cut. You're going to have a super abundant miracle year in Jesus' mighty name. Do you believe it? Go ahead. Take 15 seconds and let it rip. The flow of miracles. Somebody say, I'm in the flow of miracles. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, abundant crops. Send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many, but you'll never borrow from anyone. This church has never borrowed money. This church never will borrow money. If God can't give it to us, I don't want it. If God can't take us there, I don't want to go. If God can't do it, let it remain undone. And I've tried. This is why I talk about the money and stuff publicly. I'm trying to set an example that God, if you'll just believe God's word, what are you supposed to do if you get 24.8 acres of land? Well, you know, it's going to be probably 25 million to build it. Let's go out to PNC. And, no. So what did I say? I said, let's give before we do what you're supposed to do. Let's act like we don't, there is no PNC. Let's act like we're Abraham in Canaan. And if God doesn't do it, we're finished. Let's give God a chance to move. That's all he wants. Give him a chance. Instead of going to the arm of man first thing every time. Instead say, Father, I believe your word. I believe as I trust you. I'm not going to need what other people need. You're going to do a miracle for me. Did God do a miracle or not? 
Sure did, and I can't even share all the miracles that are happening, but one day I will when it's all, when it's all done. Praise God. Everybody say, I'll lend to many, and I will not borrow. If you get investors together to go in on a deal with you, that's not borrowing. There's some things you can't do in the business world if you're the only person. It doesn't matter how rich you are. They don't want it all dependent upon you, and if you die, it's over. You have to have, a, what do they call it, delusion. Not delusion, di- dilution. So you get four people to come in. They won't, no, Brother Jonathan, they don't come in. Jonathan, I don't care that you have $4 billion in the bank. We don't want it all riding on you. But if you can get other investors going, so I come back, I've got Pastor Augustine, who's in another business, I have Pastor Jay, and say Pastor Matty is separate out in Louisiana, and we all come in together. Now you have dilution. So, you know, all five of us aren't going to die in different parts of the country, and their assets are protected. I get that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everybody running to a bank first thing, I, I'm telling you, in, in 21 years of being a preacher, in 40 years of being a conscious Christian, I don't remember much about the first three years of my life, but the, but the 40 years that I can remember, I don't remember anybody believing God for the whole thing other than Dr. Fred Price, Bishop David Oye, I can name maybe five people. A lot I always hear, the down payment, that building is nine million, the down payment on it's one and a half. So we asked for the down, you know, the down payment. We're trying to get the down payment and get a loan for the rest. Why not believe that the God that can get you one and a half can get you the whole nine? Can you say amen? Why limit God with your faith? None of you are going to limit God with your faith. This message is going to cause you to start setting the bar higher. And as high as you set the bar, you're going to see God cause you to exceed that bar in Jesus' mighty name. Say it out loud. I'll lend to many. But I will not borrow. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God I'm giving you today and be careful to obey them, the Lord will make you the and never the. You will how many times be on top? How many times will you be at the bottom? Okay, let's sub out the words top and bottom for mountains and valleys. You will always be on the mountain. How many times will you be in the valley? Yeah. I mean, no life's full of mountains and valleys. I'm going through a valley season. You're going to continue to go through valley seasons because you, you've decided to have your mouth parrot Caleb instead of Deuteronomy 28. And that's your choice. Death and life, it's not, well, whatever God wants done is going to happen no matter what. No, death and life is in the power of the? So if you talk Caleb, you'll get what they get. Listen to their callers. Just was running through a real bound of depression. Caller number two, I also go through depression. Your music helps me get through the day. Let me tell you something. I'm not living a life where I need music to help me get through the day. I'm living a life where when I wake up in the morning to when I go to bed at night, wherever my foot shall tread, I'm on land that God's given me. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm always the head and never the tail, always on top, never at the bottom. That's what God said belongs to me. Turn to Numbers 13. Anybody getting anything out of this? Numbers 13, verse 1. Don't anybody leave here and say, Jonathan said, I don't have. No, Jonathan didn't say anything. Jonathan yelled the Bible at you. I haven't given you one original thought. Numbers 13, 1. 
The Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving you to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. These were the tribes and the names of their leaders. There they are. For the sake of time, I'm going to keep going. 16. These are the names of the men Moses sent out to explore the land. Moses called Hosea, son of Nun, by the name Joshua. Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north throughout the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like. And find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in, good or bad. You know, this, this is a great scripture for any pastor that's doing a building program. Because this, this exact thing has replicated itself a zillion times throughout history. You start out with, let's send the deacons down. Let's find out what kind of land we purchased. Let's find out where the best place to build is. Then what does it turn into? Most of it's clay. And then the Environmental Protection Agency said that 11 of the acres can't be built on. And that you're going to build, you're going to need a retaining wall that's going to cost minimum $8 million. And so maybe, maybe we could just go to two services. So it goes from exploring to whether we can do it or not. And that's what happened here. They were never sent to tell Moses whether they're able to take the land. Moses didn't tell them they were able. God told them audibly they were able. This is what people don't understand. If they don't get these principles down, it wouldn't matter if you heard the voice of God. It wouldn't matter if Jesus appeared to you in your bedroom tonight and told you what he was going to do until you believe it and line your heart up with what he said and then line your mouth up with what he said. You'll never taste it. But you're going to line your heart up with the word of God. You're not going to say we're not able to take it. You're going to say if the Lord is with us, though there's giants in the land, they're but bread for us. Let us go at once and take the country. I want to skip the rest because you know what happened, and I just told you what happened. Ten said we can't do it and spread their evil report of unbelief throughout the crowd. Joshua and Caleb tried to quiet the people. They never denied anything the ten spies said. Yes, there are giants in the land, but if the Lord is with us, we should go at once and take it for there'll be but bread to us. I'm going to tell you right now from the Bible and from a well-seasoned veteran of giants and trials and obstacles. The obstacles are real. The giants are real. The challenges are real. I didn't tell that, that family, no, your son doesn't have any developmental problems. No. So quit saying that. No, the problems are real. But if God is with you, any irreversible situation has to reverse today. Any mountain that won't move has to be uprooted and cast into the sea when you tell it to move. Somebody say, obstacles are real. But my God is more real. And his power is greater than the power of my enemy. I'm going to have you say it again. It's not to fill time. I want you to get this in you. There's real enemies. There's real lawyers. There's real permit people. As long as I'm here, you'll never. Okay. Yeah. That's the devil's big at running his mouth. As long as I'm here, you'll never. Who, who are you? Sorry, I don't remember reading about you in the Bible. What chapter did you did behead Jesus? Are you more powerful than the God I serve? Then I'd zip up my lips. Because I'm not here on my own accord. I'm operating in a flow of blessings from the Bible. And you can't curse who God has blessed. 
Somebody find me that scripture in the media. Man, it I, I, took me about an hour and 13 minutes to wake up. But I'm feeling it cooking now. That doesn't mean you have to stay late. I'm doing check the news, so you got late at the end of the tunnel anyway. Find that scripture, uh, oh, Zerubbabel, about the immovable mountain, or the thing that cannot be moved. Oh, Zerubbabel. If you type in oh, Zerubbabel, it should be the only verse that comes up. Because that guy's name was so long, God wouldn't even read it more than once. Somebody say obstacles are real. But God's power is greater than the power of my enemy. So remember that. They're not, they're not zoning for that here, for your business or whatever. Or you have like happened when we did that two-week revival in Montreal. Guy was believing for increase during the meetings. I was there two weeks. His tow truck business expanded. He's getting calls. The thing's blowing up. And then he gets a call from a motorcycle club, like a violent one. I think it was Hell's Angels. Yes, Hell's Angels. Sorry that came as such a surprise. Try to stay awake. He gets a call from the, the president of Hell's Angels. You've been towing cars in our area. You know, they don't, they don't make money by meeting at the bar and drinking. There's, there's businesses involved in motorcycle clubs. We tow cars in this area. Your trucks have been seen over here. Out of, out of professional courtesy, I'm giving you one warning, that if we catch your tow trucks over here, there's going to be a problem. And when he means a problem, it doesn't mean I'm going to call the Better Business Bureau or leave you a one-star review on Yelp. You know, you go missing. So he comes back to church week two. Hey, Jonathan, I was believing for increase and so and God increased. Then I got a call today from the head of the, uh, uh, I was going to say it, but I don't want that lady to. <laughs> what? Are they here now? So he said, will you pray? Well, I don't think he expected me to pray like I prayed. I said, give me your hands. I said, Father, I pray you give this man that called him 48 hours to repent. And if he doesn't repent, deal with him harshly in Jesus' name. And he, he was like this. All right. See, Christians don't have that. Christians don't have that gear, but it is in the Bible. Peter had it. Jesus had it. Jesus, King Herod's angry about what you're doing. Go and tell that fox, I'm going to keep preaching the gospel, healing the sick, and casting out devils until my time is up. Peter said, do you think we would obey you rather than God? No, we'd rather obey God than man. But Christians don't have that now. They're patsies. The first wall they, they come into, there's a wall. And then you launch a lob a call into K-Love. And asked to be kept in prayer by the other pack of losers that listen to Caleb. No offense. I'm not saying everybody that listens is a pack of losers. I'm just saying it is one depressing, stupid radio station. And, if, and this gets out to people, and I know they're going to be mad, but I did listen to several segments you do where you, you ask the callers to please call up and tell about the, the worst thing that's happened to you. That's called the opposite of testifying or giving praise to God. The Bible doesn't say, I will complain at all times. It says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I don't know about you, but I know about me. I made up my mind. I'm not going to go around telling people about the hardest time I've ever had. I'm going to go around telling people the Lord is good and His mercy and doors forever do you want to know why I can rattle off testimonies about when I was 19 at a call center and I'm 43 now and I remember it like yesterday and then if you asked me because Adonis has been there 
What's the hardest thing you've ever gone through in the ministry? I said, can you give me a few hours to think? I'll have to dig something up. I don't remember. I don't think about that. I focus on victory. I focus on what the Lord has done for me. I focus on how he brought my dad out of poverty. How he brought my sister that was, my sister, my three-year-old sister that was born with heart problems and was never supposed to be able to give birth to a child without dying or ever be able to run at recess. And the Lord gave her a healthy heart and they discontinued her checkups. And she's had two children by natural childbirth. That's what I think about. That's, you know what I think about? I play those videos and I got them saved on my phone. Our, our, our brother that hasn't slept more than 10 minutes. Since he had that accident, my parents, she told me, have never had a full night's sleep. They set an alarm on rotation every hour. That's a devil that, that doesn't allow him to sleep. That harsh affliction of the enemy. But tonight, he slept one minute, then ten minutes, then one hour, then through the night. He's talking. The kid that ran out of the room when you turn the vacuum cleaner on is now using the vacuum with his autism, getting shelved. That's the God that I serve. I'm not focusing on trouble. I'm focusing and on miracles. You're not going to focus this year on trouble. God has a miracle for you. Numbers, 24, numbers 14. Verse 24. But my servant Caleb has a different spirit than the others have. I saw you had that verse up. Let me see it. The one I was looking for before. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying grace unto it. Let me see it in the NLT. Zechariah 4, 7, NLT. That came up in my spirit. Who art thou, O great mountain? Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. Hallelujah. See, this is God's word for tonight because that's not in my notes. And that, for that to come up, oh, I, I couldn't even finish it. Oh, Zerubbabel. That's from the Lord for you. Who are you? Oh, great mountain. I know everybody thinks you're a great mountain that nobody can move. But before my servant, you're going to become a level plain. I'm going to level the mountain that other people can't get by. That's going to be your story this year. You're going to tread upon the enemy as if he's dust under your feet. How things work for other people is not how they work for you. Let me see King James. Not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. KJV. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, that's God's servant, you'll become a great plain. You'll disappear. And I like how God talks. God is like ultimate trash talker and can back it up. Who are you? Who, I mean, no, that is about the most insulting person, thing you can say to something or somebody. Who are you? This is not a pro-Donald Trump statement. I'm just making a point. So if you don't like Donald Trump, don't run out of the room. But when you're not allowed to touch the king of Jordan. And he was at a meeting, and the sheik's sitting there, and Donald Trump walks around and goes like this. <laughs> and I've never seen somebody look so disrespected in my life. That, that's, what, that's how God, I'm not saying, okay, sorry. Just take that part out. I'm saying that's, that's how God is. Oh, you're a mighty mountain. Who 
are you? Who are you? It's like how God talked to Job. Where were you when I said, where were you when I created this? I know you people think you know so much. Where were you when I created the ocean? Where were you when I put the stars in the sky? I'm God. And see, when you serve God and you love him and praise him, that's what we do in praise and worship. I am recognizing that you're God. I'm praising you. You're the almighty one. Then God loves you. And then when someone rises up, when everybody knows that you're only doing what you're doing because you're God's servant, you're God's servant. Let me tell you something. If the Gambino family back in 1980s New York sent somebody to my restaurant and I slapped the guy in the face and said, don't ever come back in my restaurant again, I'm going to die. Because though he might be the lowest member of that crime family, I have disrespected their boss by disrespecting him. And when you get disrespected by some punk city organizer, whoever, that's what happened in Montreal. He said, you're never going to believe what happened. Two days after we prayed, the same guy called me back. This is the the president of Hell's Angels. It's come to my attention. Who talks like this in the criminal world? It's come to my attention that you're a righteous man. And we're going to leave you alone. I'm sorry for any disrespect that's been shown by us. He didn't threaten them. No letter from a lawyer. There are angels. Let me tell you something. You look like a nobody, but you've got angels that go beside you. You have a God that goes ahead of you. And if somebody wants to challenge you, they're going to find out. I said, if somebody wants to challenge you, they're going to find out. It's not you. It's the God that you serve and his grace that has taken you to where you are. Isn't that what David did? What did David do when he went to fight Goliath? He kept throwing it back at God. I'm not here to prove, oh, you think you're fighting me? I'm just the one that's going to cut your head off. You have blasphemed the name of the Lord, whose I am. Everybody say, whose I am. That's the great thing about living righteously. To have no questions in your spirit. I belong to Jesus. Whose I am and whose I serve today. Not I'm going to kill you. The Lord will deliver you into my hand. Then I'll cut off your head and then I'm coming after everybody behind you. But it's all God, his power, his thing. See, when you know you're doing what you're doing on a mission from God. Jonathan, I wouldn't show all those pictures of the airplane you use because the IRS could. What are they going to, what's the IRS going to, number one, everything's legal. Number two, even if some, somebody that hates Preachers on the Department of Justice makes it their business to seize the aircraft. You think God can give can qualify me to use a plane to go between those two churches and God just go, well, I didn't realize they ain't gonna take it. God's not a loser. I know how it works. If they want to take one, God would send three more. That's how you know, get one clap and then a lot of frowns, but that's how it works. When your enemy attacks you from one direction. Not all turning back. I'll make him run. I'll make him so sorry he ever went your way. He'll run from you in seven directions. Every challenge you're facing right now, that mountain will be made flat now in Jesus' mighty name. Five keys to walk in a continual flow of miracles. Number one, Oh, sorry, I should close the Bible too soon. One more scripture. Numbers uh, 14, 24. But my servant Caleb has a different spirit than the others have. 
He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of the land. See, and then let me read one more. 26. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? I've heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell Aaron, tell them this. 28. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things you said in my hearing. You know the only punishment the people that went with the ten spies got? They got what they said. We'll die here in the wilderness. We'll be eaten by the animals. Because, okay, I just everything you said, you're going to have. Say out loud, I will have what I say. You know, the ministry's hard. For you, it will be very hard. Because Jesus doesn't like you. Because he told you his yoke is easy and his burden's late. And you're going around telling everybody he's a liar and doesn't know what he's talking about. I know you won't get to talk like that other places, but I know what I'm talking about. You can tick God off. I know that's not a popular message in America. You can tick God off. Read it all through it. Where is that in the Bible? The whole Bible. You can irritate God. And you know how you irritate him? It's not sinners. It's not God. I can't believe you would have sex outside of marriage. Yeah, that'll end up sending you in he- to hell if you don't repent. But that's not the people God got mad at in the Bible. It was people who lied to him and people who lied about him. If God said, I'm going to bring you into the land of Canaan, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give you that as your possession, and you say, we're not able to take it, what are you calling God? And he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. And I made up my mind. I could tell. I've been around preachers. I can tell they tick God off, and they can't, they can't figure it out. You know, I used to preach, and then it was very hard, and I don't know why God didn't come through it. Yeah, listen to how you talk. I'm, I'm not talking like this now. That I'm dressed up like the guy that owns Curious George. <laughs> I know you were thinking it. I know you. I know you wanted to say it. Where's your big yellow hat? When my my wife was sitting here before she got offended and left, it, if you asked her, you think I'm talking any different now than I talked when I was? I probably talked more. Maybe more than I do now, Faith, because I was doing it to break through. I thought, I'm not going to let my confession and my belief sink to where I'm at. I don't care what's going on right now. I don't care that I have an overdrawn bank account. I'm going to get in the pulpit and tell about how good God is. If I can't tell it about anything that's happened recently, because it's been a friggin' horror show the last six weeks, I'm going to tell about how God healed my sister in 1983. I'm going to tell about how God brought my dad out of poverty in 1989. If I don't have any stories like that, I'll just tell stories about what God did for people in the Bible back then. But my confession will be the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That he's a door-opening God. That he's a healer. That he's a blesser of mankind. I will tell of the mercies of the Lord forever. How do you do it? Number one, Psalm 23, sorry, Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Number one, you must know that there is a continual flow of miracles available to the child of God. What does Deuteronomy 28 basically say? If you'll do what I tell you to do, things will start flowing in a miraculously high direction. It'll take you up higher than all the nations of the world. 
What you expect is what you experience. You expect a hard life, you'll have one. And this this is going to be the only place you stand where someone's going to tell you the opposite. The rest of the six days, between now and next Wednesday, you're going to hear marriage is hard, raising children is hard, the economy's hard, the work climate's hard. All they talk because it's demonic. Health is hard. When you turn 50, your body starts going. You're going to hear that from now till the next six days. That's why I take time and preach it hard that you don't have to have it the way the world has. God said, if you follow me, I'll set you on high above all the nations of the world and the heathen will see it and know that you're a people claimed by God. Know it. What you expect, you experience. Expect a hard marriage, have a hard marriage. Expect children that rebel when they're 14, have children that rebel when they're 14. Let me tell you, my daughter's 10 now. People told me from the time she was born, well, enjoy it. She gets older, gets her boyfriend, gets out in the world. Let me tell you something, Lucifer. My child's not going to get out in the world and, 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 and get in that. No, no, no. The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go, and when they grow old, they won't depart from it. I'm not having what this world has. I didn't fast for 21 days to just skip meals and lose weight. I'm on a different path. I'm on a miracle flow path. That miracle flow is going to get on my daughter. It's on my wife. It's on this church. I want Walk in the flow of miracles. All the men that are here, I want you to say this from your belly. I'm a miracle man. All the women that are here, say I'm a miracle woman. All the men, I'm a miracle man. All the women, I'm a miracle woman. All the men, I expect a miracle. All the women, I expect a miracle. A continual flow of miracles for the child of God. God didn't say these things will happen one time. Bible says in in Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy will follow you how often? All the days of your life. All the days of your life. I expect a miracle. That's why we sing that song in this church. I expect a miracle. I'm not opening my eyes in the morning wondering what's going to go wrong or saying same S-H-I-T. Oh, no. I open my eyes and say, Lord, you brought me these 43 years. I can't wait to see where you're taking me today. Surely, goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Miracle flow. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what do you see with Jesus? Miracle flow. His baby shower is miraculous. People dropping off gold. People, people uh, pouring out $52,000 bottles of perfume over his body. Fish with gold coins in their mouth. He walked in a miracle flow. Why? I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what I hear my father say. And all you ever hear when you stay in the will of God is we normally don't do this for people. Las Vegas Strip Casino. We normally don't have uh, revivals in here. Oh, really? I thought you had a steady stream of revivals. But that's what you're going to hear this year. We normally don't do this for people. But we're doing it for you. Lift both hands. Father, I pray every person here that receives your word would hear many times this year, we don't normally do this for people. But we're doing it for you. I expect a miracle. I expect a miracle. I expect things to turn around. If you've had a big mountain standing in your way, oh, mountain, who are you to stand in front of Zerubbabel? I'll make you a plane. You can be seated. Everybody say mountains. Mountains. 
turned into plains. I mean, no, God will give us, if the mountain doesn't move, he'll give us strength to climb. No, that's not in the Bible. First of all, if the mountain doesn't move, why would you believe he'd give you strength to climb? You lied about the first thing. God is not a liar. He said, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed. Everyone say, I expect a miracle. Because I serve a miracle working God. Oh, mountain, who do you think you are? You're going to, I'll make you a plane. I'm not going to give my servant strength to climb you. He won't even break stride. Out you go. Can you say amen? amen? Number two. Number one, know it. Flow of miracles. Number two, embrace separation. Joshua and Caleb were not like God said so. These spies irritate me. These spies please me. There always has been a separation. There always will be a separation. So just enjoy it. I wish we could pick who was on which side and who was on the other, but you can't. People choose by their own unbelief to get on the other side, and people choose by their faith to get on the right side. Rahab did it. Joshua and Caleb did it. David did it. On down the line, the whole hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. So say out loud, there's a separation. I used to think you could make all relationships work. and There is a separation in the spirit. There's people that have unbelief and there's people that have faith. People can change or leadership can change at a church. There's churches that used to have strong faith and they're empty now. Because either the pastor's son took over that says no, apparently no one can tell is backslidden. Or the pastor himself got around the wrong crowd. And allowed them to deaden his faith and took the church. And I know we used to pray here and we used to fast. I made up my mind. I'm never going to be a used to pray, used to fast. I'm going to be a pray more, fast more. Everybody say embrace separation. You know, Kenneth Hagin said that when you're led by the spirit and something is wrong, he said, it's like showering with your socks on. Something doesn't feel right. I like that analogy because there's some people. I don't, I don't, I can't put my finger on it, but I just, I don't enjoy being with them. I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about in a room full of, I don't like, I see their church. Hey, we'd like you to come preach at their church. Look it up on Instagram. No, I don't think I'd fit there. I don't know why. I just, I don't like it. Something's up. I don't care what it is. I don't, I got other things to do than try to spiritual detective what problems are other places. And then there's other places people invite you where you feel what the Bible calls like precious faith. You feel at home. You feel like you could just sit and talk to those people. You know, four hours feels like 15 minutes. And with other people, 15 minutes feels like four days. I'd pay attention to that. The Bible says when Peter and John were beaten, when they were freed, they returned to their own company. I'm not using this scripture to try to start a cult. We dismiss. If you linger around too long, well, you'll be asked to leave. We don't have bunk beds here or anything. But you can't try to make... You can't get on fire for God and try to pull all the lukewarm people with you. Hey, you should come to this church. There's some people, you've asked them to come to church 20 times. They're not interested. I don't mean sinners. I have cancer and it metastasized. Yes, did you hear me say I'm going to pray for everyone tonight? I can't come back tonight. Why? You're going to die. You want to know why? Not hungry. It's not $300 of prayer and you don't have the money. You can't. I guarantee you, if I told you, there's going to be a briefcase full of a million dollars. You don't even need a briefcase. 
There'll be a cross body bag. What's a million dollars? It's like a stack of hundreds, I think a foot high. I'm going to have a stack of $100 bills in a, in a Louis Vuitton cross body bag waiting on the platform with your name on it. And it'll be there at 7 o'clock tonight. I have a funny feeling. You know what? I think I can. How long does it go? Okay. I think maybe I could go. Yeah. Because people value material things more than they value spiritual things. What they don't. <laughs> Meanwhile, you, you'd have about two weeks to spend the, hundred, the million dollars before you die. And if you don't get healed of the cancer, well, God will heal you and bless you. And all he wants is for you to have a priority to be in his house and for his word. Can you say amen? amen? Separate, embrace separation from people you used to be close to that don't want to go that way anymore. And three, embrace separation too. I'm not going to preach a negative. If it could push people away, then God brings other people into your life. We were a hundred zillion miles apart in the spirit. He told his wife, quit listening to him on YouTube. Not don't go to his church. I don't want to hear his voice in my house. And now I can't get him to leave me alone. So somebody that was going the other way can have a change and go into faith. And people that used to have faith can have a change and not be there. Quit trying to make people what you want them to be. Find the company of believers that share what the Bible calls your like precious faith and come there and be built up. I mean, we did all night prayer till six in the morning. It, it was like, Camila said, Camila, you made it till six this time. Yeah, I, I didn't even think. It. She said, I didn't even know it was six. We we're just having fun. That's what you have here because it's like faith. We don't have pockets because I, <laughs> your pastor, when you have a pastor like me, it doesn't allow to have one pocket that doesn't really believe in healing and another one that doesn't like tithing and another one that thinks their son should be the worship leader. They're just all gone. <laughs> there's no dissension. There's joy here. Can you say amen? You know why there's joy? Because there's unity. And we don't have unity like, we don't have rainbow flag church unity. Let's just embrace, every, you can't embrace everyone. You can't embrace a pedophile in your children's workers department. There's lines that have to be drawn. So you got to lose all this America welcome. You no, know, there's standards in the Bible. But then you set the standard out. People that don't want it are free to go wherever they want. But I'm not preaching to those people tonight. And I'm not preaching to those people on YouTube. You are set apart. Embrace the separation because God is separating you not just from something. He's separating you to something great in Jesus' name. Number one, embrace separation from. Number two, embrace separation to. Number four, reject natural thinking and move. Reject natural thinking and move. We're not able. They didn't just say we're able. They said we're able. Let us go at once. Everybody say let us go at once. Bible says in Ecclesiastes, if you can find it in the, in the uh, control room, I think it's the new living. It says if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never do anything. I think it's Ecclesiastes 11, 2 to 4 in there. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never do anything. Everybody say, let us go at once. Now, the person that texted me this is my friend. He's a pastor. But this is, this is just, what, this is Christians. Um, was considering coming to Vegas. I wrote, why consider? Just go. Consider while you drive. What is to consider? If you feel in your spirit to go, go. Everything's a big deal for Christians. In Las Vegas, I live in Arizona. 
Yes, there's now an interstate road system that connects every place. Then you have other people that are the exact opposite. They're like, they got no, they just find a way to get there or whatever. Where's our saxophone player from? Latvia or Estonia? Latvia. I mean, how do you end up in Pittsburgh? I'd like to play saxophone, but I'm in Latvia. No, so you have some people that can get from Latvia to Pittsburgh, and you have other people that can't get from Cannonsburg to Bridgeville. True or false? I have a ride. You have feet. I can't get there tonight to get prayer. I mean, that lady heard two people testify of central nervous, irreversible central nervousness. She's going to die. Didn't get there. Stop talking about the giants that are in the land. Focus on the God who's with you. I'm not trying. We already have almost in in 36 hours. We're going to have more people than we have seats for. But I'm telling you, for this year, I dealt with it during prayer and fasting. Go where you're supposed to go. Go now. When did the Lord speak to me about doing a West Coast preaching tour? January 12th? When was the tour? Ten days later. Who's going to come? I don't know. What if no one comes? Then I'll go, to the, I'll go and pray and read a scripture to an empty room. Hope somebody from the wait staff hears me. And if no one comes, I'll close in prayer, and then I'll go to the lobby restaurant, have something to eat, and go to bed. I'll move on. Sometimes the worst-case scenario the devil tempts you with is just like, so what? What if you lose your apartment? Okay, then I'll live in my car. What if you lose your car? Then I'll get a sleeping bag in the state park. What if they repossess your sleeping bag? Then I'll lay in the grass. And eventually the devil realizes, this person's insane. It's hard to tempt a crazy person. You'll lose everything. I like peanuts. You're like Ralph from The Simpsons. I'll kill your whole family. I like purple. I pray you get a little bit of Holy Ghost craziness where the devil doesn't even know what to do with somebody like you because you're reckless in your faith. You cannot be defeated. You cannot be discouraged. Receive that grace tonight. Never be discouraged. Never be defeated. Stay on your feet. Because I know you have stood up to try to get me to quit. Somebody say, I reject natural thinking. (laughs) Jonathan, how are you going to get $25 million to build a church? I can't get 5,000 without, so what difference does it make? Why don't you make it 125 million? Who cares? I don't have it. But I know my boss has it. And then he gives me steps to access it. Can you say amen? I had the devil one time give me a hard time because somebody gave me a very low offering. And I, I know they stole out of it. This is when I was, before Dallas came on the scene. And I'm driving home, and I have the check laying on the seat. And one said, how, or the devil said, how are you going to live on that? And it was the devil. How are you going to pay your bills? Hey, what are you going to do with that money? You can't live on that. So I made a phone call and signed the check over to another ministry as an offering. And said, now what are you going to get me to complain about, devil? It's all gone. You're trying to get me to think about how I'm going to live on $300. Now I got zero. So I one-upped you. You know, at that point, the devil finds another vehicle to travel in. This guy's nuts. Oh, yeah, I'll sew it. I'm not going to sit around trying to squeeze 300 and make it turn into 1,000. I'll sew it. I don't care. 
I'm cuckoo. I'm not, not, not Joker from Batman cuckoo. I'm Joshua and Caleb cuckoo. I'm Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego cuckoo. I'm David cuckoo. I mean, you can't kill him. You can't take the land. You can't go into the furnace. Oh, no. I don't think about natural limitation. I think about my supernatural God. And number five, speak. There's four things you need to speak, but I'm not giving them to you because that's enough. And I got more. If Jesus tarries, I have more days with you. If Jesus doesn't tarry, you can ask him for them. Everybody say, speak. speak. I'll do to them the things they said in my hearing. But Joshua and Caleb have a more excellent spirit. Both people's destinies were defined by their speaking. Death and life is not in God's hand. Death and life is in the power of? So your choice. You want to speak hard ministry? No financing, bad economy, no jobs. You know, you can't believe for a wife and say there's no good women. You're speaking out of, you're double-minded. I'm believing God's going to give me a wife, but there's just no good women. Okay, then you're not believing anyone. And you don't, yeah, but there's just not many. You don't need many. We're not Mormon. You need one. <laughs> Even them, I think they changed. Like, one's enough. <laughs> we had the 11. It's like, an, it's a lot of Valentine's Day expense. <laughs> Chili's, table for 12. <laughs> Plus all the kids, you could just never go out to eat. Man, there's a ton of kids in the McDonald's play place. All mine. <laughs> Church of Latter-day Saints. Nice to meet you. I'm Deacon John. Say it with me. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. You're believing for a wife? Could say there's no good one. Say, Father, I thank you that somewhere you have a wife prepared for me. You're believing for a husband? Father, you said in your word, anybody that desires a wife, he, uh, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Obviously, it'd go vice versa. Solomon was writing to his son. He who desires a spouse desires a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And then the Bible says, no good thing will I withhold from those who walk uprightly. So on those two scriptures, I have grounds to expect. Let me tell you something. Me meeting Adonis and getting married, it's a mir- that's a miracle. This life with me, most people would have had a nervous breakdown early on, and then again, and then several more times. I'd be up here preaching with a nice suit on, and my wife would be in the front like this. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they'll never harvest. There's never a time where you wake up and there's just a growing, glowing green light and you go. And you know what happens? You know why the Lord can speak to me about doing a thing in California and just do it? Because he spoke to me about this and this building was donated. 5.7 million. And all. You've heard all the testimonies. So what happens is, just like some of you are used to everything going wrong, when you make this little correction I'm giving you out of the Bible, and you start seeing the flow of miracles come, it starts to give you boldness. That What did David say? Why was David bold against Goliath? The God that delivered me out of the mouth of the lion and out of the paw of the bear 
will deliver me from this Philistine. He's already helped me with lions and bears. I have a developed, that's why the Bible says your faith being tested, not with cancer or suicidal thoughts. No, your faith being tested. See, even in California, I wonder if anyone's going to show up. (laughs) Do you know how supernatural it is for almost 400 people to show up? Because you put out a video once on Instagram of you as Dr. Dre (laughs) inviting people to come. I'm not joking around. There was a guy in the meeting. He was a white guy in his mid-60s with a white cowboy hat on because California's ranches in between L.A. and San Francisco. It's where all the almonds and avocados and everything are grown. This guy's going on a denim rancher shirt, white dress cowboy hat, white guy. I was thinking, how did he watch that video of me as Dr. Dre with Snoop and think, honey, put the hogs away. We need to go see this guy. Rich, he was in every service. Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So then what happens? People do show up. A ton of people show up. Where you have the, ho- the ladies working in the lobby of the hotel go, this is awesome. That music's awesome. This is great what you have going. A lot of people here. It's great when you have a sinner. You got a lot of people at your meeting tonight. So then you get, now that that's been proved, it starts increasing. No, I'm not going to do one night. How many of you think we should come back to L.A. for a week? How many of you pastors would get involved? There's 14 pastors lift their hands. And up. Now you go further. And as you grow your faith, I'm going to, I took out lions. I took out bears. Next, I'm taking out you. Then I'm going after the 900 men standing behind you. So don't worry about where you are now. It's a beginning place. You're developing your faith. And as you get a couple knockouts, you're going to start taking bigger swings. This is going to be the best year that you've ever had. In Jesus' name. I'm not going to hold you here long. You know how I want to close the service out? There's a song you may have heard. It says, I will move up higher. And I want you to sing that as they play it over the over the system, and I want you to sing it not only, you know, everybody say praise, praise. Worship. worship. This song is not praise or worship. So then it shouldn't be sung, right? No, there's another category of song. The Bible says building yourself up with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. This is a spiritual song of faith that builds you up. I will move up higher. I'll set my eyes far above the clouds. And you sing those words of faith. I want you to take time. I want you to lift your hands, and I want you to enter into this. How many of you feel the spirit of faith in here? I'm not going to be one of the ten spies. I'm going to be Joshua and Caleb. I don't care how many giants are in the land. If the Lord said we can have it, I'm taking mine. Can you say amen? Amen. Go ahead and play it. Every hand lifted. Let the anointing even grow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I will move up higher I will move up higher I'll set my sights above the clouds Where God does dwell and His glory does prevail I will move higher. 
Pursue. Cause 
Every hand lifted, every head bowed, every eye closed. This is what I feel to pray for you in my spirit before we dismiss. God told Elijah, go by Kareth Brook, drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. For I've commanded them to bring you bread and meat. Anybody that's in this place that you haven't found your place. What if I started this church in Maine so I could be closer to my parents? I might be at 21 people trying to get a building, trying to get money for a building, trying to get people to rent me a building. God has a place for you. And if the devil's made anybody here feel like, you don't, you know, there's no place for you and things don't work out here. God said, I'll bless you in the city and the field. I'll bless you when you come in and bless you when you go out. So obviously, if the devil's getting the opposite idea in your head, that's not the Bible. You're going to find your place this year. You're going to wake up every day like I wake up and Adonis wakes up. I know I'm where I belong. I know I'm where I belong. I know God's with me here. And they called this place Bethel, which means house of God, place where God dwells. God's here. God's with me. You know, Jehovah Jireh, I'm not arguing that it shouldn't be a name of God, but it actually in the Bible says, and they called that place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. When, it, when the ram was caught in the thicket. They called that place Jehovah Jireh. You're going to find your place where, where the anointing is. You're going to find the place of your provision. If you haven't already, you're going to find, you're not going to wander around this year anymore. And then if you've been kind of tossed into a situation, husband died unexpectedly, something went haywire, maybe something went wrong early in your life and you've basically been, it's like you've been just searching and struggling from the time you were little. The Lord is going to direct your steps from here on out. I'm not going to pray for a lot of people. But let me pray for this nice lady here with her hands lifted. Have I ever prayed for you before? Last week, let me pray for you again. I'm glad you came. Lift both hands, close both eyes. You're going to find your place. My sheep know my voice. The Lord is my shepherd who is going to lead you. Life won't be struggling. In Jesus' name. That's it. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I pray that for you. I pray it for you right now. From today, you won't miss the perfect will of God by one inch. Because that's where the miracles are. Think of this. You could be Jonah that carries God's miracle power. And if you're on a boat headed in the wrong direction, not only is there no miracles, there's a curse. But if you get into the flow, get into the will of God, the miracles... You don't get a miracle as a reward. You get in the flow of miracles. You get in that flow tonight. Those of you watching online, you get in that flow. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you can put your hands down. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you say, Jonathan, when you pray tonight, before I go home, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I'm asking those of you watching online as well. I've never, I enjoy your teaching. I enjoyed hearing the Bible tonight, but that's not enough. 
Have you ever made Jesus Christ your Lord? Have you ever submitted to Christ? Turned your back on sin? That's the thing that Jesus offers that nothing else offers. You can go to any kind of class. They can teach you nice principles and positive outlook, but they can't do anything about sin. The wages of sin is death. Sin, sin is a torment. It's what makes people unable to sleep at night. It destroys peace. Sin is a peace destroyer. Jesus came. You shall call him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. Crystals can't do that. Metaphysics can't do that. Positive outlooks and TED Talks can't do that. Only Jesus can do that and his blood. If you're here and you've never received Jesus or you once did and maybe something went haywire in life and it, the devil used that to get you to turn your back on God, but you want to come back tonight, I want you to quickly put your hand up high and wave it at me and we'll pray right now. In Jesus' name. No hands? No problem. Lift your hands one more time. I bless every one of you in the name of Jesus. The things God has put in your heart to do, whatever represents your personal promised land, you take it this year in Jesus' name. And by this year, I mean now. In Jesus' name. I can tell you there's nothing God put in my heart during fasting and prayer that either isn't done already I treated January 31st like it's December 31st. It's done. Or it's planned in the future to be done. But I mean concrete planned. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit revivaltoday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.